This is scary. I'm not going to lie. Not run up the stairs because there's probably a monster chasing you scary, or I just saw something move in the dark scary. A different kind of scary. The kind of scary that is crippling. The kind of scary that stops you dead in your tracks and whispers in your ear, you're not good enough. You're a fraud. Someone's going to find out, and then you're done for. I feel it. You probably feel it. We all feel it at some point, I think, and some of us feel it more strongly than others. On today's pod, with the help of special guest Angela Gunder, we're going to talk about the F word. Fear. Dr. Ryan Strait, assistant professor at the University of Arizona, and this is The New Professor. almost upon us, and that means that everything is pumpkin-flavored and haunted. At least the second part in our house, anyway. I love Halloween. I love scary movies, scary stories, skeleton decorations, and creepy paintings. It's really kind of our aesthetic in our home, like a half-industrial, half-haunted antique store. It works for us. We're not quite at the Ed and Lorraine Warren level, but we are working on it. Anyway, it's about this time of year that I like to think about and talk about the things that scare us, and basically, why that is. I want folks to know that if they feel this way, it's okay. You're not alone. Heck, one of the reasons I began this pod in the first place was to get over those unfeelings of imposter phenomenon and inadequacy that I was feeling after I graduated, before I even began my career. I had just finished my PhD in a whirlwind of research and writing and whatnot, and to be honest, it was terrifying. You're not alone if you feel that way, no matter what degree you're working on or what project you're hammering away at. In fact, just to drive that feeling home, I asked my good friend Angela Gunder, the Director of Instructional Design and Curriculum Development in Digital Learning here at the University of Arizona, who you most likely remember from a previous episode, to talk a little bit about her own experience as she approaches the finale of her doctoral degree. I'm, it's funny, they asked me what year am I in my in my PhD program? And I struggle answering that because I was in uh, a previous program and uh, had you know, made good progress, had a bunch of credits, and was able to bring those over into the program that I'm in now. And the co-chairs that I have, and my whole committee even, their focus from day one has been to um, usher me through this process with as few hoops and hurdles and um, just excessive baggage that I think often becomes a part of many people's doctoral journeys. Um, it's a lot of reasons why many people don't decide to 
um, pursue a doctorate, just hearing what other folks had to do that was a challenge that was not really related to the content or learning. I mean, you learn a lot. You learn that the world is unfair. You learn that we're part of um, a monolith of a system that um, that rewards a lot of pain and suffering and sometimes abuse. And I, I don't really think that that's why we should be in education. I don't think that's why people should uh, pursue terminal degrees at all. But I haven't had that. That hasn't been my experience. So when we talk about fear and we talk about, um, you know, just the the challenge of looking in front of you and figuring out, is this something that I can tackle? Is this something that I can do? Um, that fear in particular, uh, for that latter part of, of, is this something that I can do can be crippling. And even for me, I mean, I, I had moments for a long, long time before I even got into the program that I'm in where I was just like, am I relegated to the island of misfit toys? Am I going to to sort of stay here and, and not really have a home and not really have a place and a path that I can that I can get through? And one thing that was really compelling for me was thinking about uh, the, the doctoral journey in the same way that I pitch online course design to faculty who have never done it before for the very first time. And um, I, I tell folks that you're going through this process that is going to be wholly different in many, many ways than, than anything that you've done before with uh, teaching and learning. Um, but it's okay that it's going to be completely different because you have just the biggest set of resources, of support, of people around you, of advocates, of allies, um, folks cheering you on. Uh, I don't always say the folks cheering you on, but it's true <laughs> for our faculty. I don't want them to be intimidated by it. But um, just this notion that there's a path that you have to walk through that is going to be shrouded in fog. And you have somebody, uh, a wise elder next to you that is telling you it's safe to walk forward, trust that walk forward and all will become clear um, slowly but surely. And um, that's been really helpful for me because quite often I forget that, you know, th this isn't supposed to be easy. Um, this isn't supposed to be clear. There are moments where I, I will feel like I'm going to fail. I can't I can't stigmatize those feelings. I have to acknowledge them, but also I have to acknowledge the fact that I have so many other folks that I'm leaning on through this process. Um, and if I have trepidation, that's okay, but um, it can't cripple me from from the productive path moving forward. So that's been, that's been super helpful to me. Um, sometimes I think that folks you know, see that they see that cool, calm exterior of like, yeah, she's moving forward in a situation that is crazy, that is scary, that is, that is challenging. And um, just know that we're all ducks, you know, even if we look like we're um, serene on the surface of the water, our feet are frantically and furiously paddling under the water's surface. Um, so, you know, we're all, we're all struggling in, in different ways. But, um, but but yeah, the, the the reframing of of fear can sort of help us uh, glide across the surface, uh, even though even that's way more of a challenge than than we may think. See, it's not just you. A couple years ago, I wrote a little piece on my blog about expertise and being quote unquote out there. 
I was fascinated and terrified simultaneously by this idea that we, as workers in the, and I hate this phrase, knowledge economy, for lack of a better term, you know, folks like us, teachers, students, researchers, experts, you know, that kind of thing, also to a certain extent creatives, that we're all in the business of putting forth ideas in the form of arguments and claims and what have you that then go on to have a life of their own. And while we typically would really like to turn that into a dialogue and discuss those ideas, very often once they leave us, they're just out there. They're delivered to you or you find them, engage with them, and then you do the same with your own ideas. And then they leave you. I mean, take this podcast for example. I know you're listening to this and because of that fact, you're basically on one side of a dialogue, but your part of it is only happening in your head. Unless you're talking back to this recording and you do you, I guess. We're having a discussion in some ways, but I'm not hearing your side of things. Of course, I always say at the end of the episode, I'd love to hear from you, and that's absolutely true, but to be honest, it doesn't happen all that often. And that's fine. I mean, podcasts and media like this are typically meant to be consumed and not necessarily turned into conversations. But I still know that you've got the other half of that discussion in your head, and I will probably never know what it is. I'll never know your response to what I just said. Do you basically agree? Do you vehemently disagree? Are you nodding and smirking? Are you shaking your head, pursing your lips? Or is this just on in the background while you get on with other things? See, I don't know. I wish I did. But the idea at the center of that, that I'm not there to more or less defend my claims that you're listening to or reading or watching or whatever really bothers me. And I understand that it's part of the form. This is how things work but that doesn't make it any easier to accept. And I think that feeling, the knowledge of the fact that once you put something out there, it's beyond your control, I think that scares a lot of people. I think folks are afraid that once their thoughts or work are out there in the wild, that someone more knowledgeable than them is going to come and find it, pick it apart, and announce to the world that it's rubbish, that you, claiming to know what you're talking about, are a phony and they have the receipts to prove it. That, that is called imposter phenomenon. You've probably heard it called imposter syndrome, but that term is getting a little bit dated. But that feeling, perfectly normal. I have it. Some of the most successful, brilliant people I know have it. You might even have it. So know that you are not alone. And also that you're actually just fine. There are always going to be people out there that want to tear you down simply because they can, or because it makes them feel better about themselves, or because the only way they can see to get ahead is to step on you along the way. Those people are jerks, and you don't need to devote any time or energy to them, and you certainly shouldn't do it to yourself. Do not be your own worst enemy. Now, I'll be facilitating a session at the upcoming OLC Accelerate conference on imposter phenomenon with another friend and colleague, Tina Rettler-Pagel, who you probably also remember from another previous episode, so I don't want to get too much into it today. I'll probably do another episode as a post-mortem on that session for folks so they can hear kind of what we came up with, you know, should be good. So please know that it's okay to be afraid. 
You don't have to be, believe me, but if you are, it just means you care. And if you're not, you also probably care. The point is, we all navigate these waters in different ways, but we need each other to stay afloat. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a Ghost Adventures marathon to watch. Once again, thank you for listening to this little podcasty thing of mine that I do. If you found it entertaining or informative or useful, as always, please do subscribe and rate it on the podcatcher of your choice, whether that is iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or however you listen. And I think Pandora is doing this now, so that will be coming soon, I think. Anyway, as usual, like I said earlier, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at NewProfCast, while show notes, transcripts, and more can be found on the website at thenewprofessor.com. Until next time.